Clayton. John Clayton. This is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. We're talking football with the professor, John Clayton, as we do every day at this time with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle. If you guys have questions for John, you can text those in to 421-3776. That's 421-ESPN, and we'll try to get to some of your questions before we let them go. Hello, John. Hey, at least we had another hire today. Yeah, the Giants have found their man. Any surprise as to who they had settled on? Brian Dable, no. <clears throat> In fact, thank heavens they did it that way because when I did my Washington Post article just posted uh, yesterday that I you know, I, I picked uh, Dable to go to the Giants as opposed to the Dolphins because the Dolphins brought him in for a second interview and wanted him to reunite with Tua. But at least the, uh, the Giants made me look good by having Dable go to the New York Giants. So thank you, New York. Thank you, Mara family. Thank you, Giants. That that's really what's important. Right? It is, yeah. Is I'm sure it's what most people were good. talking about after the hire. Oh, no well. doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you know about him? Uh, it's it's kind of interesting uh, what they've done in Buffalo over the last few years. But uh, as far as uh, you know, is he a guy that can handle that new? That's the one thing they talk about in New York, John. Is mm-hmm. the, the media there is so tough? Yeah, he, how's he going to uh, handle it? Well, I mean, he you know, it's, it's not as tough in Buffalo, obviously. So it's like. Yeah. Uh, He's been able to to go that direction, but I think overall, you know, he it, it's not going to be easy. But uh, you know, and the one thing that I think is working against him is that his mandate is to pick up Daniel Jones, and I don't know if that can be done. I mean, it's kind of like going to Denver and saying, "Hey, uh, can you fix up Drew Locke?" And the answer yeah. is no. <clears throat> so I don't know if he can do that. But there's no question he did a great job with uh, Josh Allen, you know, getting him uh, a very creative offense. I mean, sometimes a little bit too creative because I know by midseason, teams had kind of figured out what they were doing because they were passing the ball so much. But then wisely, he made the adjustment and started to run the ball, but started to run it with Josh Allen. Now, one thing that uh, they do have with Daniel Jones, he can run the football. So it's like you figure that's going to be incorporated into the offense. They have uh, Barkley at running back, so that does help. So it's like, uh, yeah, we'll see where it goes. But uh, I'm just glad they made me look good by hiring him. <laughs> yeah, well, and, John, uh, you know, you, you mentioned, yeah, Daniel Jones can run. He was the one, yeah. didn't he have like a 90-yard run and he fell down or something yeah, yeah, yeah. last year? But um so how, how do these guys handle it? Because Brandon Staley, obviously, uh, you know, was the defensive coordinator for the Rams, and then he goes to the Chargers and then ends up kind of, I don't know how involved mm-hmm. he was. You've got an offensive coordinator here. You know, he's probably, I imagine, going to bring somebody in that knows his system that he can kind of run and just sort of, because now all of a sudden your time as an offensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator, is diluted. Now, like Moyer was telling us, you're managing other coaches mm-hmm. and things like that. So that's kind of a it's it's kind of a uh, a big leap there for some of these defensive coordinators and offensive coordinators. Yeah, I, I got to think through it, but I think what they hired uh, Joe Lombardi as their offensive uh, coordinator, and uh, you know certainly you know that they got a great quarterback in Justin Herbert. You know that. That does work out. They've got Keenan Allen at wide receiver. That helps out. Jared Cook does a good job at tight end. But uh, their their big thing was their defense couldn't stop the run, and that's on Staley. I have no idea what happened there. And and it's not like you can talk about, like, 
he just mentioned about Dable going into the New York media and trying to face the scrutiny of the New York media. You know, at least with the Chargers and even the Rams, I mean, there's no there's no pressure from the fans. They don't go to the games. They give yeah. their tickets away. <clears throat> they get other people to come in and go to the games. And so it's like even though the house is going to be full, you know, there's a, you know, there's a limited number compared to other teams of home fans that are going to be there to make the scrutiny on the head coach. Hey, uh, one of the other vacancies, I think we, we all sort of assumed it'd be the first vacancy yeah. filled was the Jacksonville Jaguars mm-hmm. with Byron Leftwich. And I sent these guys a story last night that I guess sort of explains maybe why it hasn't happened yet, that he's a, he wants them to hire the, the GM of his choosing, which I believe is Adrian Wilson. Adrian former. Wilson, right. Yeah, and that he wants some say in final roster uh, addition, subtractions, roster say. That's We were talking about it earlier. If you can get it, I don't blame him for asking, but it yeah. seems a, a bold ask for a guy who has no coaching resume as a head coach. No, agreed. <clears throat> I mean, on the, you know, the voice in the front office with the uh, players and all that stuff, he's probably going to be shot down on that. His big thing is he just didn't want to have Trent Baalke as his general manager. <clears throat> and, you know, so Baalke will get fired, and at least he gets, not not somebody of his just, but at least he gets somebody that he knows that they can work together and try to get some things going. So Adrian Wilson can work on trying to get the players for the team, not Trent Baalke. Because, you know, Baalke, uh, you know, went through like three, four coaches in San Francisco he was a disaster, and the only reason they kept him through the job search is that you know none of the owners or anybody else in the front office knew football. None. Zero. At least he knew football. He wasn't good at it, but of course you know, <laughs> he, he, he could lead the interviews and at least you know, ask football questions that they couldn't ask. Well, and then, you know, with Jacksonville, is that is Shad Khan the most uh, sort of meddling owner? I mean, no. Well, Jerry Jones, I guess, pretty no, much. Still got no, still going to Jerry, right? No, I mean, I mean in a bad way. David, <laughs> you know? David Tepper, down in Carolina. Really? He meddles more than Jerry? Oh, God, yeah. Really? Uh, wow. Oh, my I God. I not much about him. Oh, no. I know well, he's the richest owner, right? He's the richest he, owner. Yeah. And, and, and the, the scary part is he grew up in a ghetto six miles away. He grew up in East Liberty. And I, I shouldn't say the word ghetto. A tough place to grow up. Forgive me for saying the word ghetto. I apologize for that. But he grew up in a tough place like I did, because you know, I grew up in Braddock. He grew up in East Liberty, and he grew up in the tough part of East Liberty. But he ended up going to CMU, uh, which, of course, is the, you know, the most elite mine college. It's kind of like the Harvard of Pittsburgh. And, I, you know, it, kind of ironically, it's not too far away from where they had the uh, the accident today with the, uh, you know, the bridge that collapsed, you know, not too far away from that, which is kind of sad. But overall, uh, he, he did that and, you know, got into investments and stuff like that and became, you know, one of the richest people for buying a franchise in the National Football League. He had involvement with the Steelers and everything else. But overall, I mean, he... Because uh, remember, like last year, he was trying like crazy to get Deshaun Watson. And even now, even though they made the mistake of hiring Matt Rule because Rule's been a failure so far, uh, you know, he's still calling around, you know, on coaches and information and stuff like that, even though there's not going to be a change. But no, he even tops uh, Jerry Jones. 
Uh, okay, yeah, because, uh, you know, I just thought with uh, he's kind of sending a pretty tough message there, like, hey, I'm, I want to kind of call mm-hmm. the shots here, Byron Leftwich. So, no, 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 he's not that way. I mean, it's like, Sounds like I don't, well, you got to know the guy. And, you know, there's some guys like I don't I I've never met Brian Dable. I wouldn't know what what I mean, I know what he looks like, but I wouldn't know uh, his personality or anything like that. In the case of Byron Lefwich, I know him so well because, you know, I covered him when he had, you know, good Jacksonville games. And I certainly covered him when he was in Pittsburgh as the backup quarterback. And one of the things that, you know, I used to laugh, the two of us would laugh at. And, of course, I spent time with him when he was on the sidelines for the Arizona Cardinals, is that uh, one of the things we used to laugh at is that, uh, you know, when Ben Roethlisberger would get his, you know, numerous injuries and start coming off the field, uh, you know, it's like here's Leftwich going out there, and within one or two plays, here's uh, you know, <laughs> Aaron, uh, you know, certainly Ben Roethlisberger coming back on the field, and I still remember him saying, "Man, will you quit doing me wrong like this? Mm. Quit doing me wrong like this." You know, because again, if we sent him out in the field, he'd be out there for a play, two plays, and here comes Ben. I mean, Ben would go into the locker room, be there for you know a handful of plays, come back and come back on the field. But uh, that's that's Leftwich. I mean, he's got a great personality. He's a great guy. He's not overly demanding. I mean, you notice uh, in Tampa Bay, uh, I mean, he didn't ask for players. Tom Brady asked for players. Yeah. John is uh, is uh, Josh McCown going to be the the Texans head man? And does anybody else want that job besides Josh McCown? Uh, I think he is going to get the job. He had a second interview today, and you know, even though he's got absolutely zero experience I think he's got a great chance of doing it and it seems like there's a limitation to the people who really want that job he wants it and so uh you know the, the goofy front office uh may be in the position to hire him I'm, you know down the line i think he has a chance to be a good coach but right now initially no experience John, when you came into the league and started covering uh, teams, it was GM first, and then the GM hires the coach, wasn't right. it? Right, yeah. Pretty much. And, you know, I saw an editorial, I think it was on Pro Football Talk. I, mm-hmm. don't, I don't know who wrote it, but they were saying it needs to go back that way. But, you know, is there – how would it, you portray it pretty, it, it the pretty, change? It pretty much is that way for the most part. I mean, you know, certainly you got a couple teams that don't have general managers. I mean, the Bengals don't have a general manager. Uh, Jerry Jones is a general manager for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, but uh, for the most part, you know, if you, you know, the GM has his voice in hiring most coaches, you don't have it here in Seattle, you know, because, uh, you know, Pete Carroll was the one who hired, uh, you know, uh, John Snyder and all that stuff. But for the most part, you have that. And so it was a pro football talk. You go, yeah. Go, go, yeah, go go figure. Uh, you know, it's like uh, that's pretty much the way the league is. So Florio wants to change the league when it doesn't need to be changed because it's already in that direction. Does he run that website? Yes. Is that that's his? He owns it. Yeah. He owns it. Okay. He owns it. Runs it. Screws up on it. All those different things. <laughs> uh, if you've got questions for John, you can text those into four two one three seven seven six four two one ESPN, powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Uh, the two five three asking John, were the number one seeds at a disadvantage because of the bye week because both of them lost? No, they just played bad football, and uh, you know, again, uh, you saw great comebacks by 
all these teams and it's like if they you know if if they're even thinking that having that extra week off hurt them then they're crazy i mean tampa bay was able to get or tennessee was able to get healthy because they were able to get some use out of uh derrick hopkins and they got more play out of julio jones who actually did some good things so that wasn't the case and in the case of green bay i mean you know they were able to get zadavia smith back so if you're getting players back from injuries because you get a bye week off, how can you use the excuse that it's like, oh, yeah, the bye week affected how they played and what they did and all that stuff? No, they played bad games. Hey, John, we were talking about, uh, speaking of injuries, pretty pretty interesting with the Niners. 2019, mm-hmm. they reached the Super Bowl. 2020, they got nearly every one of their stars hurt. Yeah. So they were 6-10. and 10. Now they're back in the NFC title game. As far as the Seahawks go, do, do we kind of undersell how much the injuries happened? I mean, uh, affected the, uh, the the schedule because you know if Russ doesn't mm-hmm. you know miss three and a half games and then he wasn't the same afterwards. What about Carson? I mean, that was a yeah. huge deal. You know, is it? It doesn't. It doesn't come off that way. But I'm I'm wondering if we don't give that enough credit. Probably not. Yeah, because again, when you take out key starters and you take out a quarterback, then that's going to play such a major role. Now, again, I mean, it wasn't as effective, you know, with San Francisco because Jimmy Garoppolo is not anywhere close to uh, what you see for Russell Wilson. I mean, they're not even in the same league as far as uh, talent and everything else. But uh, no, I think it plays a big factor because again, you know, for two, three years, not this year, San Francisco was the most injured team in the National Football League. I mean, last year, I think what they had 132 uh, missed starts more than any other team in football. And so, uh, you know, it, but when you're talking about a running back, you're talking about a quarterback. I mean, that's that's a big impact. John, the 253 asking a question about the Texans being as bad as they are as an organization. Is that because of their meddling owner or is it something else? No, the, the owner doesn't meddle because he doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, <laughs> well, that doesn't mean, I mean he doesn't meddle. Yeah, okay, it yeah, just no, makes it worse. No, he, no, he, he doesn't does. know. No, he doesn't know. I mean, Cal McNair knows pretty much nothing about football. Bob McNair did, his father, but Cal knows virtually nothing. And so, you know, he hires people, and I won't go into the names, but a couple, and not this is not Nick Casario or anything like that, but he has a couple guys in the front office that have no idea what they're doing. And so he hires them because he just doesn't know. So meddling owner, absolutely not. Bad owner, yes. Hey, uh, today we had Greg Bishop on. He was talking about uh, Von Miller and, yeah. you know, kind of an interesting guy. And, you know, he had a, quite a bit of praise um, for Von Miller did for the Broncos because, yeah. you know, as he said, when they traded him, he could they could have traded him to Jacksonville or something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. And it went to a winner. And just, uh, you know, as far as. Denver goes. It just seems like one of, like we've been talking about, one of the better franchises, yeah. one of the more well liked ownership and and franchises. Yeah, but again, it's like, a, and, and, and I'm a big uh, Von Miller guy, <clears throat> particularly when he was in Denver. And I think I've told you this story. So if I have, I apologize if I'm repeating it. But uh, you know, <clears throat> you know, I had this little skirmish with uh, Akib Talib. Uh, on an interview and all that stuff and we smoothed over it and you know von miller caught me you know uh, as i was concluding my little argument with uh akib talib and so you know von was over by his locker room and uh you know it's like uh he he says hey john nice glasses 
really nice glasses. And then, you know, he's, he, he always wore glasses, too. And so yeah. I said, oh, Vaughn, really nice glasses. And so, you know, we kind of laughed and snickered and all that stuff. And what did he do because he was in charge of the music in the locker room? He, he put, played funk music. P-funk. Make my funks a P-funk. So I want to get funks up. So it's like he actually played that for me. And it's like, how can you not like a guy like that? I mean, how much respect can you have? And so I'm so happy that he was able to go to the Rams. I mean, he's had you know a, more than one sack a game since uh, you know being a Rams starter, and he's just a good dude. And again, I mean, that he, he's from that 2011 draft class, which has so many good defensive players, so many guys that will go to the Hall of Fame. Him being one of them, he's a Hall of Fame type of player. I know. Uh, I'll be voting for him. What'd you What'd you do to upset Akeem Talib? No, what it was was that, uh, yeah. And, and again, you know, Akeem. Remember Akeem. And again, I, I went after that incident. He was great because he would come on radio with me on ESPN Radio. He would, uh, you know, he would see me in the locker room all the time, and we would laugh. But what What ended up happening is that, uh, you know, I was doing a a post-game thing on Wade Phillips. And, of course, they just won a playoff game. And so uh, I, I said, hey, so i got to ask you about the New England game coming up. He goes, man, how can you bring up the New England game? It's like, that's next week. I, I'm just trying to you know, in, get into this game. And I said, and again, you know, growing up where I grew up, I could look at him right in the eyes and I say, hey, no, I'm, I'm not asking you about New England. I'm asking you about Wade Phillips. And he goes, oh, Wade Phillips? He says, oh, that man, he, he's amazing because, you know, he'll, he'll call anything. A lot of these GMs, you know, they're too afraid to call anything. And so, you know, we bonded after that. But the argument was basically because I brought up, you know, the thought about New England coming up because I was going to ask him, what do you think Wade will do with the New England offense? And so it's like, uh, you know, he didn't want to get into that because he just wanted to celebrate his victory uh, in the playoff game. But again, he he's great. I mean, and then I'm I'm so happy for him because I don't know if you've heard him on some of the TV broadcasts. Yeah. He's fantastic. He's really good. I think he does a good job too. I mean, he's he's kind of raw. You oh know? yeah. He's not oh yeah. Like polished, but I like the things he says. So. Well, remember, you're talking about a guy that uh, you know back in that de- you know back around that time in that one off season. You know when he was with Denver. You know he and his mom were chasing. Uh, you know his. Uh, her daughter's girlfriend down, I mean, boyfriend down the street with, with guns and shooting guns off as they're running down the streets of Houston together, the mom and Akib Tlaib. And of course, they kind of got a little bit of trouble for that because I don't think that, uh, you know, they like the idea. You had two people, a mom and a uh, kid, you know, not a kid, but a, uh, an adult running down the street shooting guns. Yeah, I don't think they liked any two people running down no, the street no, shooting no, no. guns. Yeah, but that, but that's, shooting guns, bad. But that's yeah. Akeem. I mean, Akeem grew up in a very bad area. He certainly has profited so much from what he's been able to do, and uh, I, I'm so happy for him. And, again, you know, our relationship became great. I mean, the only thing that would be wrong with Akeem Tlaib is that uh, I've had him, I had him on ESPN Radio two, three, four times, and at least three times he cursed on the air. 
That's good. You got to have your finger on the dump button there. Uh, uh, well, not me, but we, yeah, we know back in, it's like. Yeah, yeah, back in the studio. Yeah. 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 We had Dave Craig on last week. Yeah. It was oh. hit or miss. So. Hey, uh, <laughs> he really, missed. <laughs> last, last one from me, John Von yeah. Miller, 115 sacks. And nobody's ever going to catch Bruce Smith, are they? No. I no. mean, t- 200 sacks. And, and, you know, I'm looking at his pro football reference page. 6'4, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 262. So not like a huge, hulking guy or anything, but 200 sacks, man. I mean, he's, he had years that were back to back 14. 13 19 i mean that's mm-hmm. just that's just one i don't think is ever going to be no no not at all passed. well because and then you know think about you know the talent and the pass rush that he had around him that uh not that it made it easier because again he got what he got and of course he played outside as a defensive end it was just so phenomenal in yeah. being able to do that i mean but yeah i mean yeah he he was absolutely fantastic and even yeah, when he, he went to a, washington sorry, and when he went to washington he was good at getting yeah. sacks yeah, true. He's still even late yeah. in his career, but also he was a defensive end in a 3-4 a mm-hmm. lot of times, and that's really tough getting sacks in those Agreed. Positions. John, uh, you doing your show tomorrow? Yeah, 8 to 11, taking your phone calls. Taking calls 8 to 11 tomorrow, and we'll talk to you on Monday, John. Okay, sounds good. There you go. If you missed any of today's cold, hard facts, brought to you by Coors Light, made to chill, download the podcast at 710sports. Dot com. All right, who do the Seahawks want to be on defense? What's their identity going to be? We'll explain what that should be, what it should look like, coming up next with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle.